This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, music director, Elaine Trudell, and principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. We also have a very special guest joining us by phone today. That is baritone Sydney Outlaw. Hello, Sydney. Hello there. Thanks for joining us today. You are performing with the Toledo Symphony, music of Gustav Mahler, The Songs of a Wayfarer. This is on a program that also includes Brahms' Symphony No. 4 and a piece by Lily Boulanger, which is really a rarity. It's called Of a Sad Evening. And the whole uh, program comes under the title of Love Songs. So these are not your typical love songs. I'm I'm interested to hear from the powers that be what brings all of these works together. Before we have a conversation with you, Sydney, let me ask. Uh, let me. Well, who's responsible for this? First of all, am I looking at you, Merwin? You're pointing at Elaine. So, Elaine, this was your brainchild. These love songs. Give us a little bit of a a, a primer on how all these pieces come together. Well, we started last year uh, the orchestra to do programs that had like a phrase or just a, a word in our titles, uh, just to just to bring it down to the bare essence of what we meant by that program. And I, I like to do that exercise because you know if it, if I can bring it down to you know love or something or love snore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it means that it's an exercise that makes it very clear for the audience. What what they're in for, but not snores. Yeah. <laughs> so so I thought once the uh, the premise started, what for me, what is the symphony or the symphonist, or what 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 composer wrote of symphonic work that make me really really think of love, and whenever I hear like the most deepest feelings of love, and when I hear the beginning of Brahms' Fourth Symphony, yeah. there's something, I don't know, I mean, we can elaborate all we want, we can say, maybe it's the, the you know, the, the story that happened but never happened with Clara Schumann, maybe it's, mm. you know, he became an older, like, a single guy, I, and and I don't know, maybe it, it became, it stayed like a, something that, that he thought was unattainable, that made him, you know, that kind of uh, feeling in his music, mm -hmm. but anyway. Are you talking about Brahms or, or we're talking about yeah, Brahms. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. His relationship with Schumann, like that, uh, I'm sorry. I'm chiming in. I'm sorry. Jump, in, no, no, jump no, no. in there, Sydney. Go, go, go so, for it. You know what? Singers <laughs> yeah, are allowed to speak on this program. I it's think okay. It's the same thing. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, because he had, didn't he have to convince her to come to the opening of the Requiem, you know, and yeah. he, he, she sat with him down front that was like a big thing so you uh, when i think of the brahms is it in e minor yeah the yeah. brahms symphony in e minor yeah you know i think of i think of that too i thought oh of course they would do that great yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we have a singer who knows about tonality, so we're, yeah. we're going to have a great show this week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Round of applause there. E but, but let me ask you this, though. This, this tonality whole, of love. This whole songs of a wayfarer thing, right? And Sydney, you can chime in on this. These are not like your typical love songs. I mean, isn't one of the movements like I've got a big knife well, yeah. or I've got a, a, yeah. I've got a gleaming knife, something like that? I mean, that yeah. sounds a little stalkerish. Yes, you know, it is. I think, well, I think, I think Mahler was an interesting guy. And I just look at his life that he led. And I feel like he wrote what he was feeling. Like most writers, they write stories. They write, you know, Toni Morrison wrote essays. They wrote about 
what they were feeling, how they were feeling, a painter paints that way. I mean, if you yeah. look at singers of today, like one of my favorite R&B singers is Babyface, and he writes things that are on his heart. And this cycle is, this cycle, <laughs> I always, when I was young, I said, this cycle is my love life. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Horn says, <laughs> 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 Wait, Marilyn I want to hear what Marilyn Horn said. She said, sweetheart, you have to live a little, uh. you know, and, and, you know, I was overreacting, but, you know, it's interesting. That's why I always said I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a more mature version of this because I am, I'm, I'm pushing 40 now. And, and it's interesting. It will be interesting to see what it feels like because of the text and the words now at the age that I'm at and I've lived a little and and those types of things so you know uh, I think that I love the pairing of the Mahler with the Brahms Elaine is chomping at the bit to say something here hey Sydney does that mean that when we did parts of this in Montreal you were like 29 and you had no life experience wow (laughs) No, 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 that, no, no, but wow. Wait, oh. well, hang on. Let's pause here for a second. Elaine, I want you to talk a little bit about Sydney because y- yeah. you hired him for this job, right? <laughs> let me, let me bring in a little music. There we go. Uh, now, Elaine, tell us the story of your, the, you know, the love songs here, your, your love affair, so to speak, with, with the voice of, of Sydney Outlaw. Well, Sydney and I met in Montreal. Some years ago, <laughs> things you can do with a microphone. Okay. Hey, so, look, you know, if this conducting thing doesn't work out, I think you have options. So, yeah, exactly. So um, I was uh, I, I was conducting the Montreal International Voice Competition, and uh, met Sydney there. And uh, yeah. as a conductor, uh, of course, that year. Uh, who was there? Who won that big prize? Uh, was uh, first year Angela Mead. Angela Mead. So oh, Angela yeah, Mead was there. Yeah. So of course she cleaned yeah. house. You know, went to the Met and etc. But uh, I had two singers that I really, really loved. My two favorite singers were, of course, Sydney and was uh, was Andrew Garland that we we hired for yeah. Cameron yeah. Abrana. Oh, so yeah. they, they yeah. were my two favorite singers. And then I worked together with Sydney. We did the excerpts from. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, you did Rodrigo, right? Uh, from uh, yeah. Don Carlo. Uh, Don Carlo. Yeah, and yeah. and and I just I just think the world of him. I I, I just thought he's such a great artist, and I'm so surprised to hear today that he was only 29 back then, because because yeah. it was like wow. Was. Yeah, this is. I remember so that first time coming to Montreal because I was just finishing the Young Artist Program at Florida Grand Opera. Yeah, and I was in a hurry to leave Florida because. Maybe that week, there was a news article that came out and on the news saying that they had a Burmese python problem. <laughs> and I was petrified. I'm petrified of snakes. And so I was like, wait a minute, what? And they were like, yeah, they can climb in through the toilets and get your dogs out of the backyard, that they have small dogs. And I was not scheduled to be in Montreal as early as I was. But I remember the competition let me come early because I was having a hissy fit about the Burmese python outbreak in Miami, Florida. A hissy and fit so, about a python outbreak? Oh, oh that's good. Yes. Somebody's wow. python, they let it out into the Everglades and it, you know, it had babies. And so these oh. babies are growing. Oh, but they're probably so cute. Oh no! <laughs> nope. Okay. Okay. Nope. Let, let's let's get back on track here. <laughs> what you think we got off track? <laughs> what? Yeah. 
<laughs> That's my Johannes Brahms stinger right there. I've got oh, to use God. it. I used it in our last podcast. I got to use it this time again because you're playing Brahms yes. again. It's Brahms, Brahms, and more Brahms. That's what yeah. we've been doing. Brahms and Mahler. Yeah, Brahms Th- and this Mahler. is like the, your favorite program. Oh, I'm so Zach. excited for this. Yes. Yeah. I call it the great brawler. No, it's a brawler. <laughs> it's like a bromance between a bromance Mahler between and Brahms. Brahms. Yeah. I, um, Poor I, Lily Boulanger left out in the. Oh, no, but we, can, we have to talk about her too. Well, we will. But um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so this is uh, Brahms wrote four four symphonies, um, and this has always been my favorite. I will change it tomorrow, so don't get any ideas. But my my password on my computer has always been Brahms four. Um, I love this this symphony. It's okay, so we'll much. beep that out so folks won't all you know, <laughs> yeah, try to the, break the, into your then computer. They'll think, then they'll think that my passwords are like some cuss words or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my passwords. Bleep you, Brad. <laughs> wow, I'm um, honored. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but no, these songs of a wayfarer. Though, are you kidding me? I'm so excited for this. I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen it performed with a baritone, so I'm very excited for really? that as well. Yeah, I always is, say it with the mezzo. Usually a woman, yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, I have recordings of of the baritones, but I've never seen it live. So, Sydney, you get to be my first. Uh, wow! You... I think you need to play that music again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. I mean. Oh no! Wait, I hit the yeah. wrong button. That's a different one. There you go. Hang on. There you go. Oh, you sing this, don't yeah. you, Sydney? Oh, listen, I love. That's my favorite role. One of my favorite roles to sing. I just can't get anybody to hire me to do it. This is a remix version, though. It's slightly different. If you can sing it like this, boy, I am there. Oh. Gosh. Yes. This oh, is uh, this is wrong on so many levels. Yeah. Um, you know, I always I always thought the art was hard enough to sing. I was just gonna I, say. I, I, <laughs> so we're back I'm, in the mashup. I'm, I'm having a little, mashup, yeah. a little show and tell here, I guess. Yeah. I love so, it. Um, but All right, when I'll I think about the... I'm going to just keep going here. When Go I ahead. think about the songs of Wayfair, I have to think of this. These are love songs that, um, that, that come from a guy's heart. And you guys were joking about the uh, Gleaming Knife uh, song, number three. Um, but this has always been my favorite one. And I've always yeah. interpreted the gleaming knife to be the sort of like um, it, it's um, it, it's so. Um, Do I need to bleep this part too, or, or no? <laughs> I was going to say radiant, but okay. <laughs> um, there's something just beautiful and um, so sincere about the the love at this point. And he's talking about having a knife <clears throat> against his chest, and you know, you just get to this point where you're so full of love and lo- and, and loss and lust, I guess, uh, where you just. Um, you, you 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 get to that point of almost going mad with the feeling, and so I feel like silly title aside, it has this wonderful moment in it. But the words are so great because you know Indeed. he's looking into the sky and he sees the two blue eyes, which then come up as the fourth song. Um, and you know, there's just such a love song in this, and they're all love songs. But for me, you guys are laughing about the title. This is my favorite of the of the four. What are the other uh, movements? Yeah, you start out with. Uh, when my love has her wedding day is the first one or lover on a wedding day. Um, the second one is walking across the fields. Uh, I was called strawberry, strawberry fields forever. It's uh, walking across <laughs> the fields this morning. Uh, I've got the gleaming knife, which we talked about. And in that he talks about uh, seeing two blue eyes in the sky. Those are his lover's eyes. And when he walks around the field, he sees the golden hair. And, and so the, the stars in the sky and the, 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 the field is the hair. He's surrounded by love uh, for the person 
And he says at the end, he might never open his eyes again because he's surrounded by it. And then we come out with the two blue eyes as a fourth uh, song, which um, is also gorgeous. But I, uh, I, I, yeah. You know, um, in 1884, I think December of 1884, there are two extra pieces, poems that he mentions in his letters that were not in the cycle. But in his letters, he mentions six songs, if I remember correctly. Um, they were supposedly written in like December, November, the winter of '84. Well, know? we should say so, he he wrote the, his own text he did. for these songs. So, right. so he wrote yeah. these extra poems that you're talking about. Yeah. C- can you give us English titles or paraphrase of what they were? Um, I can't remember like the details of it, but I know that there were two poems that were included in a letter of, of some sort. Does this ring a bell for you, Elaine? Yes. Yeah. Well, and if I can go just a little deeper for for, for a second here, uh, it's what links all these works in my in my in my head. That's uh, at uh, you know not second level, but like, like third level of of thinking of that is that one is like impossible love huh? with the symphony with the yeah. relationship with Johannes Brahms and Clara Schumann. One is unrequited love with, because uh, Mahler's starting write, writing mm-hmm. all of these because of uh, he was in love with yeah. the singer, but he was doing an opera and that didn't work out. And the first yeah. one with Lily Boulanger is not enough time to experience love, really. Yeah. So th- there's a certain um, sadness that, that, that goes around on the, and that links all of these pieces together. Now, it's not something you're going to feel as a listener that while you're there, that, oh, it's dramatic, but there's a certain kind of like, it's really end of the, like, you know, when you take the time of Vienna at the end of the 19th yeah. century. The Siecle sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the yeah. end of of their world. Yeah. Not the end of the world. The end of the world as we've known it for a while. And Lily mm-hmm. Boulanger is, is not from there, of course. But not there's a certain... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a certain the end of the old Europe also. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Well, let's give folks a little background on Lily Boulanger because she was, of course, the sister of the famous uh, pedagogue Nadia Boulanger who lived into the mm-hmm. 70s. But... Lily Boulanger died very young. She was just 24, I believe, when mm-hmm. she died. And this was one of the last pieces that she wrote. Yeah. And it wasn't actually, it, I mean, it was completed with the help of her sister, but not until many, many years later that uh, Nadia Boulanger actually took it upon herself to to get this out into the world. You want to talk about that a little bit, Marwan? Well, I think that the actual manuscript that Lily created was almost illegible because her hand was so weak that she actually like you couldn't read the notes particularly well so it actually required her sister to kind of to really help realize what what the what what lily's intentions were but i think um it was one of the great things about nadia boulanger was her ability to recognize genius and to really Mm -hmm. nurture that in everybody all of her amazing (laughs) students but especially with lily she saw that almost immediately and very selflessly realized that this that that she was the maybe the superior talent at least compositionally and always worked tirelessly to bring lily's works into the world and this it's the companion piece of the piece that we did er earlier uh a spring morning and so now to come in with with this feels feels very appropriate so a sad evening yeah, yeah. yeah And, and Lily Boulanger was somebody who was 
sick all the time. Yeah. I guess they say now that she had Crohn's, Crohn's disease. disease. Yeah. 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 Oh, which, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And she died when she was 24. But she had been recognized as a composer, had won the Prix de Rome, which mm-hmm. is a big composer prize. And uh, the fact that you're able to, to perform this, I think. I mean, you're starting with, with this. It kind of sets the tone for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and where does it go from there? It's... It's bittersweet. Everything is feels mm-hmm. bittersweet in, in that evening. I mean, even Brahms, that's very glorious mm-hmm. at moments, you know, in that third movement. And, mm-hmm. But there's always a certain kind of bittersweetness to it. You know, I remember when I think I'm conducting from that score you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. impossible to read. The, 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 <laughs> not the score, you no, know, really, it's yeah. handwritten. Yeah. And there's stuff. But it, she was really, really a genius. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the wow. harmoni- harmonically, melodically. Very, very in advance to, 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 to what other composer, composers would write. She, she would be on par with the great French composers of that yeah. time. Uh, anyway, but I, I, I really think that for me, the link between all of those, as I told you, uh, the, the link I had inside me makes it that's kind of a love is a bittersweet experience sometimes. Yeah. Well, this is a concert that obviously plums the depths of, of feeling and of love. So it's, it's not, you know, um, a lighthearted romp, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> no. <laughs> there, there's a lot going yeah. on here. I wonder, Sydney, if we could take a few minutes and talk about you and mm-hmm. your background a little bit, if you could tell us oh. how you got into singing. And, and I've got some music for you here. Let me pull this up. <laughs> there we well, go. <laughs> back in the back hills of Western North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Just at 11.30 in the morning on a Saturday in 1981, <laughs> my mother was sitting in the hospital eating cubed ice, according to my father. <laughs> You've told this story and before, child, haven't you? <laughs> and a this is the way my dad always told the story about the day I was born. Like, literally, my dad would be like, yeah, man, your mom wanted to eat ice. That's all she wanted to eat before you were born. Even the morning you were born, you know. And so I grew up in uh, Brevard, North Carolina. And it's about uh, 30 minutes. Now it's about 20 minutes because New Highways. Um, yeah. From Asheville, North Carolina. Now, don't they have and a big so, music festival there in Brevard? Yes. Brevard Music Center is literally in uh, was in my backyard, you know. Uh, my family lives up in that area. And so we grew up hearing classical music and going to different events. And then when I was in maybe middle school or high school, they put the performing, uh, the Porter Center, the Paul Porter Center for Performing Arts, uh, downtown. And so I was, I grew up around music. Um, I come from a dynasty of musical people on my mother's side of the family, uh, church musicians. And so I grew up, you know, listening to all kinds of music and, uh, uh, church music and gospel and things like that and being in concert choir and band you know i played the french one for 14 years wow and so um yes big up brevard high school dr palmer and um you know so i grew up around music and i knew that i wanted to do something in music um and i knew i, I kind of knew i wanted to perform you know and so I, I've always been involved in music, and somehow or another, about six years ago, I fell into this um, faculty position at uh, the Aaron Copeland School of Music here in New York City at Queens College, and 
was one of the best things that ever happened to me as an artist because I get to practice my craft by showing other people how to do it. And I get to give back in that at the same time. You know, it's not just about me doing a gig or doing a concert with Toledo Symphony and then calling my manager and saying, okay, what's next before this concert is even over? You know, and so it being a teacher has taught me how to value uh, the work that we do as artists and, and also how to build the next generation of young artists, singers, you know. So um, it, it's interesting and- to hear you talking about building the next generation because you, you seem like you are the next generation. <laughs> but yeah. Listen, they are, you know, my manager said that this morning. That's the same conversation she and I had, you know, and she's like, I thought you were the next generation. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm literally living my dream. You know, you can ask Maestro. I told him I wanted to travel the world and sing. And he said, you will, you know, and, and that's what I do, you know. And, and when I'm not, I'm at the Queen's College teaching my students who are making strides in their own. I had a student just get into Ames in Vienna. I'm going to Vienna this summer to see her concert. I have another one going to Chautauqua. So I'm able to take those things that I learned and give back to my students so that they can go off into the world and do great things. And that's what my parents did with me, wow. you know? That's and great. Um, so it's interesting how that cycle continues and how we can have it continue either in a negative way or in a positive way, you know, and I was just determined to not have any generational curses with between my students and I, because I've heard horror stories from other singers, you know, and I don't want that. So I try to stay on the up and up. I try to stay busy. The The hardest part for me is finding a balance between work life and um, social life, you know? Um, yeah. I always feel that having a social life gives me something to sing about. You know, if I don't date, it may, I will sing <laughs> songs of a wafer very well because, you know. <laughs> you know this is what Horn, Marilyn Horn you know, was talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah my teachers taught them, you know, I studied with the best. They taught me how to do that. Yeah, but well, we don't need to hear about your recent dates well, or anything like that. But. Well, well, I just say it's interesting to do them and have something to latch on to as a character and as a place of reference as to to what the text means. Yeah, to be able to relate to that, you know, nobody's ever stabbed me in the back, but I have been betrayed by a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, you know, those types of things. You know, those types of things, and so. Um, I try my hardest to live my life as well so that I have some life experiences to bring to the art form and give figures, it, yeah. to breathe my life into whatever work I'm doing, you know, um, as a character. So, so Sydney, you're making me think about some of the new uh, photographs that your team sent over to our marketing department, uh, which now oh, are yeah. on the, on the website. Um, but th- there's one of you looking like you're selling uh, like cigars. You're in this uh, this like dark paneled room wearing a navy blue <laughs> smoking yes, jacket. I was actually in the Carnegie Club, which is a cigar cigar bar. 
in right behind Carnegie Hall. There you have it. Wow. I, I think yep. that you are living very well in that social life, and I can't wait to hear you what know? cigar songs come, sound like. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's interesting is, about that is, is that my friend Daniel Welch, who is a wonderful photographer, and he asked him, could we come there in the morning to do that shoot? Because he knew that if we go there in the afternoon or evening, the cigar smoke would bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be pretty persnickety about that. I'm not persnickety in general, but I don't like snakes. And I don't like <laughs> smoke smell. Mm-hmm. I don't too. I don't too much like tomatoes or cucumbers either. Um, We're writing but, this down. It should be in your writer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know. And so he he asked their permission because he goes there a lot, and they they accommodated us. And so it didn't smell like tobacco or anything in there when I went in there. You or know. Cucumbers. And so, yeah. Or cucumbers or tomatoes. You know. Um, so it was. You know. When I do photo shoots, I love doing them, and I love them to resemble what I'm really like. You know, I did a photo shoot in Baltimore because I was in D.C., and I met a wonderful uh, photographer down there, David, and he just started his photography business, and I wanted to support him. And so we did a whole photo shoot just so I could support his business, and he got some great shots, the ones that are in black and white you know, uh, with my leather jacket on and stuff like that. And so I'm pretty um, pretty open about, you know, helping other artists support in in that capacity. You know, um, there's a lot more I could do besides just share on social media. You know, actually go work with them and, and help promote their business in that way. So I'm glad you all like those. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Well, in this day and age, I mean, it's important to have a, a visual presence that can precede Absolutely. you, you know, in your, yes. when you're touring on concert. So we're, we're glad to see that that part as well. We're just about yeah. out of time for this uh, on-air version of our podcast. Is there anything that, that anybody wants to uh, say before we sign off with Sydney? No, I'm just very excited that you're coming to see us in Toledo. Great to work with yeah. you again, my dear. Yeah, you'll have your reunion. Yeah, well, this, yeah. you know, some of that, those Mahler songs were one of the first things we ever did together. Yeah. So we're Number very three. happy to we do We did yeah. the third one. Yeah, exactly. There we it is. The third. Oh. It was in the old hall before they moved to the new hall. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yep. Well, we look Absolutely. forward to it. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank y'all for letting me hang out with you this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sydney. We appreciate we so appreciate your time. We'll be uh, waiting for you in Toledo. We'll make sure that there's no cigars or tomatoes or cucumbers <laughs> or anything like that. No snakes. And, no Burmese pythons. Oh, yeah, no, no pythons. pythons please. Absolutely. No hissy fits. <laughs> nothing like that. <laughs> what a pleasure! I can't wait to meet you, Sydney. Uh, you Absolutely. Got, you got the coolest name in the business, and I can't I, wait. to You know hear your that voice. there's a mixed martial arts fighter named Sydney Outlaw too. Did you know yes, this? And you know what? And and damn it. You know, I can't have anything come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, every now and then I want to, like, message him because, of course, we're friends on social media. I don't know him, but we're friends because we have the same name. And and here's the other thing. I can't speak freely to him the way that I want to because he can kick my butt. <laughs> you're not going to take a knife or a gunfight, yeah. you know? So I'm like, hey, how you doing? I hope all is well. I wish you didn't have my name. You guys, <laughs> you should just do like a, a, you know, switch your job for a day. You go oh, do yeah. a fight, have him come sing a concert. Trust me. See what happens. The only thing, I don't know karate, but I damn sure know crazy. And that's the only <laughs> <time I> know. <laughs> You just freak him out. 
I am You're definitely perfect. not a fighter. I'm one of those people like, call security, please. Uh, where is my security detail? You know, that kind of thing. So, well, we'll put that uh, in your writer, too. Security detail. Absolutely. We that. You know, so it, it's one of those things. But, yeah, he's there. <laughs> Sydney Outlaw is, is performing Songs of a Wayfarer, a Gustav Mahler song. That's happening uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, March 13th and 14th, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. Again, Sydney, thanks for joining us today on the program. Thank you so much. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast on our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Elaine Trudell, Merwin Sue, and of course, again, to Sydney Outlaw for joining us today. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.